to the Icon Church podcast. Icon Church is one church in five locations. Our vision is human flourishing. We pray that this podcast helps you to flourish in life. For any more information about Icon Church, log on to our website at www.icon.church. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Well, it's so great to be together in church again this week. And before I get into this week's message, which is the final part of our Falling Walls series, which I'm loving, by the way, I want to give a shout out, first of all, to all our Icon campuses in Chesterfield, Derby, Sheffield, Stocksbridge and Rotherham. Also want to give a shout out for anyone that's watching online. And just before I read the scriptures, I want to just let you know that next week we've got a really special week because we've got some friends, Steve and Rachel Morstan, who should have been with us actually uh, the week after Easter. They're going to be speaking a message to us online next week. So you, you won't want to miss that. Why not think about some friends that you can invite into that? We're going to have both of them speaking to us. I want to jump straight into the scriptures today and I want to read from Joshua chapter 6. It's the passage, fall of Jericho, that we've been studying and thinking about. I want to read verses 1 to 5 and then verses 12 to 20. Joshua 6, 1 says, Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. And then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once, with all the armed men, do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times when the, with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout, and then the walls of the city will collapse, and the army will go up and everyone straight in. And then verses 12 to 20. Joshua got up early the next morning and the priests took up the ark of the Lord. The seven priests carrying the seven trumpets went forward, marching before the ark of the Lord and blowing the trumpets. The armed men went ahead of them and the rear guard followed the ark of the Lord while the trumpets kept sounding. So on the second day, they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. They did this for six days. On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except that on that day, they circled the city for seven times. The seventh time around, when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. The city and all its is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who are with her in her house shall be spared because she hid the spies we sent. Keep away from the devoted things so that you will not bring them, bring about your own destruction by taking them. Otherwise you will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble on it. All the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into his treasury. When the trumpet sounded, the army shouted, and at the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, the walls collapsed, and so everyone went straight in, and they took the city. Lord, I pray for our time together today. I pray that you'll speak to each and every one of us. I thank you. You've got something to say to every person who can hear my voice today. In Jesus' name, amen. 
You know, I made a confession this week, and I want to say it again this morning and today. And it's this, that I don't like face masks. You know, recently I've been shopping and around 40% of people in the queues are wearing face masks and I don't like it. That said, I also don't like seatbelts in cars or on planes, but I wear them because they protect me and they protect others. Another reason I'm not really a fan of face masks is the science seems to be very inconclusive about the difference they make. It seems from what I'm reading that they offer no protection to me whatsoever but they may offer a really small amount to others. Even so, if there was a clear instruction, if our government told us to wear them, I would wear them. I'd obey. I also started thinking a little this week, a little more about poorer countries and how they're coping. I was thinking about the Compassion Children that we sponsor. I I was thinking about uh, the sponsored children from our family, and our church family, and that many of you sponsor too. I was thinking about Watoto children. In fact, Watoto should have been here uh, around this time, and we've not been able to do that. I also saw some reports from countries like India of daily workers, workers who go into the marketplace or into the field, waiting for somebody to come and pick them up and give them a day's work. And of course, there's nothing. Nobody's collecting them. Nobody's picking them up. It, The report talked about families and how social distancing is impossible because they're large families and often they live in just one room. And I just saw them queuing for hours in baking heat just to see if they could get one meal and it would be the only meal that they would have that day. Sometimes when you think about those things, you can get tempted to feel guilty uh, or, or you feel selfish because right now, You're doing the very best you can to survive, the very, very best you can to minimize the hurt and and to look after yourself and your immediate family. But as I said this week in my devotion, I believe it's so important that we take care of ourselves and put our mask on first in order to help others. In 1921, Chequers, which is a country residence for the Prime Minister of Britain, was a gift to our country. And an act of parliament that went along with this gift set out the use of the estate. And it said this, the better the health of our rulers, the more sanely they will rule. I believe that this series, Falling Walls, is God-given. And it's given to us to keep us healthy, to make sure that we're healthy and that we're strong and that we come through this well. It's so that we can come through together as a church and also to position us for greater influence. I believe, just like that act of parliament said, the better our health, the more we'll be able to help those around us. I believe that these walls will fall, they must fall, because when they fall, we will be better placed to live personally, in our families, in our church, and we'll be better placed to help others. The title of this message today is Worship will tear down the walls. For three weeks, we've been talking about the walls of Jericho coming down. And today we're looking at the worship that actually finally brought those walls down. Last week, we looked at the command to be quiet for seven days and the week-long process God had the people go through. And today we're jumping to day seven. Day seven is the moment of truth. They marched around the city for six days. They've marched around the city Six times on the final day, the seventh day, and it's now the moment of truth. 
it's a moment of great tension. It's a moment, just like right now, of great tension, but also of many questions. The Israelites, I'm sure, had many questions, maybe like we have. have. What will God do? Will God do what He said He will do? Will it actually happen? Will these walls really come down? Will it happen the way I think? Maybe they had the question, like many of us have got in this season, will I be protected? Am I safe? This, after all, is a fortress. This, after all, is there's going to be some kind of battle. Will the people close to me be protected? I wonder if they asked the question, have we got enough PPE, personal protective equipment? I'm sure they asked the question, how long will this battle last? And I'm sure also that they had this question, why has Joshua made the worship team the focus? You know, the soldiers were just there really to guard the worship team, the, the trumpet players. Imagine being a soldier and it's battle day. And your job today is not to execute some grand military strategy to overcome the impossible odds, but your job today is to make sure the worship goes well. I'm sure like us in this season, they had so many questions. But the truth is, in our journey, in our story, these walls are about to fall. After seven days of marching around the city, seven hours uh, of trumpets blowing, Uh, and then a shout of victory, these walls are going to fall. And it's their worship that is going to tear down the walls. I want to share today the nature of their worship in this moment, because it's the kind of worship that brings you through in victory. It's the kind of worship that goes beyond a feeling. It's the kind of worship that defeats the enemy. And I believe this matters so much because God is concerned with our health in this moment. It matters because he's going to bring us through. And it matters because he's going to position us to help others. And those three things are health, God bringing us through, and God positioning us to help others is something I feel we all want. So I want to consider very briefly today the kind of worship that tore down the walls of Jericho. I want to consider today how walls come down. So are you ready? I've got three thoughts that I want to share with you today. Here's the first. Walls fall when we listen to the right voices. I spoke last week about the need to quieten, to quieten the chatterbox, to quieten the wrong voices in our lives. I spoke about the need to be still, the need to find calm. And it's so important because worship isn't just the songs we sing, it's the voices we listen to. Let me say that again. Worship isn't just the songs we sing, it's the voices that we listen to. You see, the voice you believe will determine the future you experience. Now you're going to hear some things. It's unavoidable. You're going to hear some chatter. You're going to hear some gossip. You're going to hear some negativity. You're going to hear it. Sometimes it's just unavoidable. Somebody calls you. Somebody mentions something. There's something on your social media feed. You hear it. You see it. Perhaps you don't want to see it. Perhaps you don't want to hear it, but you do hear it. But choosing whether you listen is a different thing. You see, you can't always shut out the voices, but you can always choose not to listen. And I believe this is so important. You see, because so often in life, we have a positive vision of what we want to be. Maybe we have a positive vision. I want to be slim. I want to be fit. 
I want to be positive. I want to be this kind of person or I want to be that kind of person. And we make a decision. We do it at New Year, don't we? We make a decision. This is who I'm going to be right now. But you know, there's a view in psychology that tells us that it's more powerful to decide who you are not going to be than who you want to be. In other words, when you and I say yes to something, we have to realize that we'll have to say no to something with even more passion. Your no has to be bigger than your yes. It's our failure to do this sometimes, to say no, to shut out the wrong voices or to shut out the wrong actions. It's, it's our failure to do that that stunts our progress. I've got a personal story, I think, that illustrates this for me so well. You see, I knew many years ago the kind of leader I wanted to be. I wanted to be a faith-filled leader. I wanted to be a giver of hope. I wanted to be a positive person. I wanted to be a leader who wasn't debilitated by challenges, a leader who would be able to strong fo- stand stronger, a leader who would be able to be faithful, and a leader who would always keep going. I also knew the kind of church I wanted, uh, the kind of church I wanted Icon to be, a place of faith, of hope and love. I wanted Icon to be a life-giving community. But when it came to me personally, that wasn't me. I wasn't that kind of person. I wasn't that kind of leader. I would say I was a chronic melancholic. I would say I was fearful. I would say I was negative. I would say I was defeatist, to name a few things. You know, today when I say this, people don't believe me and I have to say to them, just ask Jeannie, she'll confirm it. That's exactly what I was like. And I prayed and I prayed and I prayed, but nothing changed. Nothing changed until I said, that's not me. This negative, fearful, defeatist person, that's not me. It's who I am. You know, I didn't change in that moment. No one ever does. But every time I felt those feelings, I would say to myself, I would speak to myself, that's not me. Every time I had those thoughts, I would say, that's not who I am. That's not who God has called me to be. Some days I would wake up afraid, just like normal. I would be fearful and defeatist. I would wake up downhearted and I would speak to myself, that's not me. Every day I would need to say it, that's not me. That's not who I am. And over time, with the help of the Holy Spirit, I changed and so did Icon Church. I wonder today, is there some trait in your life? And you need to say, that's not me. That's not who I am. It may have been there for years, but today you can start a change by saying, that's not who I am. Maybe there's some thought that comes to you over and over again, over and over again. And every time you need to tear down that stronghold by saying, that's not me. That's not who I am. You see, I believe what matters most is not who I think I am or who others say I am, but what the Father sees for me and who he says that I am. Our worship is about listening to the right voices. In Mark chapter 4 and verse 24, Jesus talks about this. He says this, Consider carefully what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. I wonder, have you ever done that? Considered carefully what you hear. I think most of the time we just think we hear what we hear. But Jesus says, no, we have a choice whether we listen. We can consider carefully what we hear. I want us to create the icon herd immunity. 
Wouldn't that be a fantastic thing? A herd immunity in Icon Church. An immunity against wrong voices. An immunity against negativity. An immunity against gossip. An immunity against division. You see, we will overhear things, but we can choose not to listen. People say it's rude to say I'm not listening. But I don't know about you, but I'm declaring today, I'm not listening. I might hear some things, but I'm not listening. If it's not a voice that's speaking faith, if it's not a voice full of hope, if it's not a voice that's giving life, I'm not listening. And I'm giving us all permission today. Put it in the chat if you want. I'm not listening. Not today, devil. I'm not listening. Let's listen, church, to the right voices. Let's say no to the wrong voices. Let's create that herd immunity where the enemy cannot get in amongst us because we've decided we are not listening. The walls fall when we listen to the right voices. The second thing I want to share today is the walls fall when we obey. You see, worship is more than the atmosphere of God's presence. I love God's presence. I can't wait to be back in this room when it's full or with all our voices and our hands are raised. And I know it now. I can just feel it. Even now, the tears will flow. The presence of God will be so powerful. I just know it. It's going to be incredible. But worship is not just that, the sense of God's presence. Worship also includes our acts of obedience. You know, the Israelites were dis- going to discover this in the next battle. At Jericho, this battle that we're talking about, they're doing well. They're following instructions. They're being quiet. They've walked around the walls as they've been instructed. They've blown the trumpets uh, every day and they find themselves defeating a large city and they experience a miracle. And I'm convinced today, let me pause for a second because I'm convinced that there are miracles today for us to experience. You're watching this and it's not by accident. There's miracles in your future today. But then next up for them after Jericho is a small city called Ai or Ai, some pronounce it. And they got defeated. It was a smaller city. It it seemed an, an easy step after Jericho, but they were defeated simply because they didn't obey. You know, great moves of God usually start with small steps of obedience. I don't know if they got blasé. I don't know if they got arrogant and proud. I don't know if their desires were too strong that they gave in to temptation. But what I'm certain is that they forgot the power of process, the power of obedience. You see, the enemy is out to distract us from God's word and God's wisdom. He's out to intimidate us, to make us feel guilty, to make us feel not good enough. He wants to convince us that there's an alternative reality that we should be living And he does that so that we will question God's leading, that we will question God's wisdom. We become so tempted to focus on what we don't have. We become tempted to focus on what others have or what we wished we had. And this happens to distract us, to stop us looking around and saying, God is here. God is in this place. He is with us. He hasn't left us. He'll never abandon us. He is with us and he knows what's best for us. I believe God wants to remind you today and he wants to remind me that he is with us. I want, I want to just open the promise that he gave Joshua in chapter one. It's in chapter one and verse five and it says this. God is speaking to Joshua. He's just become the new leader. 
And he says, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. You see, the miracle isn't our part. The miracle is God's part. And I'm convinced today, as I've been preparing this message, and I've already said it, that there are some miracles even in this room. There are some miracles even in this moment. Miracles in job situations, in health situations, miracles of provision. I'm convinced about that. Even as we're going through this series, God is going to do miracles. There was a story just this week of someone in our church, and they were asking God for help, and they were praying, and they were praying. And this particular morning, they're praying again and they stop praying. And as soon as they stop praying, the phone rings and it's the help. It's the unexpected help that they asked for. Before you ask, God says, I will answer. Don't you just love it that God knows what we're going through? Don't you just love it that we can trust God with the future? You see, the miracle is God's part. Obedience is our part. They had all those questions that we listed before, but no answer. Six days of nothing. Six days of no answer. Just six days of process. But the key was obedience. There's no doubt that God will work differently in all of our lives. That the way God moves will be different for each of us. The bad path God chooses for us will be unique. But what will be the same? What will never change? is our worship and our acts of faithfulness, our steps of obedience. They become our breakthrough worship and that never changes. Obedience is the kind of worship that will tear down the walls. We are so used to our wisdom sometimes that God's wisdom and God's guidance can seem strange. I don't know about you, but my wisdom never tore down a wall my, my wisdom never created a miracle and so I'm ready. Come on, somebody. I'm ready. I'm ready right now in this season to follow God's wisdom. I'm not getting talked out of my miracle any longer. I won't let the enemy distract me. I'm not putting it off. I'm ready. Are you ready? Come on, if you're ready, tell yourself today, I'm ready. Tell somebody with you, I'm ready. I'm ready to follow God's wisdom because walls fall when we obey. And then finally, walls fall when our shout begins. Let me just read two verses from chapter 6. We've already read them, but I want to pick on two verses right now just to help us. Joshua chapter 6 and verse 16 says this, The seventh time around, when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. And then down to verse 20, and it says, When the trumpet sounded, the army shouted. And at the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. I wonder, what's your shout right now? I wonder what our shout is in this season. You know, we, we need to listen to the right voices. We need to live in faithful obedience. But I believe we need to have the right shout because the walls fall when the shout begins. Shout, Joshua says, for the Lord has given to you the city. The shout begins before the walls come down. We know what they shouted, that they would shout praise and worship to God. They would shout, God has given us the city. 
And you know, it would be so easy to shout when the walls have already fallen. It would be so easy to sing when the battle is won. It's so easy to rejoice when we've everything we need, everything we wanted. But I want us to shout today. I want us to declare today. I want us to confess today. Because if we have the audacity to believe, God has the ability to perform. Let me say that again. If you have the audacity to believe, God has the ability to perform. I want you to notice what Joshua says to them when he commands them to shout. He says this, the Lord has given you the city. Their shout wasn't, we're amazing. We're here, we're gonna take over. We're gonna take the land or whatever. No, the shout was the Lord has given you the city because the miracle belongs to God. Obedience is our power. You see, this was their declaration, shout. That's what our shout is, a declaration. It's a declaration of what God is about to do. It's It's a confession of our faith, a statement of what we believe. I don't know about you, but I'm used to asking, Lord, please. I'm used to praying, Lord, please, would you do this? I'm used also to hoping, to wishing. I hope this will happen. I I really want this to happen. But I think God today wants us to get used not only to praying, not only to asking or hoping. He wants us to get used to declaring, to confessing. The Lord, Joshua says, will give you this city. I wonder what What do you need to say? Maybe some of us today, we need to declare the Lord will provide. Maybe maybe we need to declare today that God will help us find a way. Maybe we need to say again today that God will take what the enemy meant for evil and turn it for good. Maybe some of us need to say, I know there's a miracle right here in this room, right here in this moment, because I believe God is about to do something beyond our ability, beyond our reasoning, beyond what's normal because in situations like this he always does when does the light shine the brightest the light shines the brightest in the darkness whatever you're facing i'm here to tell you this today you are not forgotten god is with you he will never leave you he will not forsake you you will not be abandoned i'm also here to tell you that god will fight for you that there are more things possible than we ever thought possible. Nothing, no thing is impossible for God. I want you to know that God is not limited by our limitations. You're not shocking God because you feel limited or you feel afraid or you feel, or, or you feel overwhelmed. God isn't limited by our mistakes. Sometimes we think, oh, you know what? I was going so well, but I blew it. I want you to know this, that God isn't limited by our mistakes. God isn't discouraged by our fears. God knew all about us, all about our fears, all about our failures, all about our mistakes, even before we were born. And yet, He knew all of that. And yet He chose us, He called us, He included us. And He says to this in this moment, I'm going to work in you and I'm going to work through you. Let your shout right now, be about who God is. Let it be about what He is able to perform. Let your shout be about what He is going to do. You see, walls fall when we listen to the right voices. And there's a choice today. There's a choice today because we can choose whether to listen. We will hear things, but we can choose whether we listen. Walls fall when we obey. And we can choose to act today. 
We can choose to say, you know, God's wisdom. I'm choosing God's wisdom. My wisdom never brought down some walls. My, my wisdom never created a great victory. I'm choosing God's wisdom. But walls fall when our shout begins. And so we've got a choice today. We've got a choice to declare, to make our boast in Him. And so as we close today, I wonder, would you join me in a shout right now, in a declaration? You don't have to raise your voice, but you may want to say it out loud. If you don't want to do that, would you declare it in your heart? It'll be on your screen. It might also be in the comments and the chat sections of however you're watching. It's based a little on Ephesians 3.20. But would you join me? Would you join me in this declaration? It's right there on your screen. Here it is. Let's go. Today I declare my God is able. My God is able to do way more than I can ask or imagine. He is able to save. He is able to heal. He is able to provide. I'm not listening to doubt, fear or insecurity. That's not who I am. I am who God says that I am. I'm a worshipper. I'm the kind of worshipper that sees the walls come down. So I declare in Jesus' name, these walls will fall. These are falling walls. And the church said, Amen. Amen. I want to thank you so much for joining our service today. I don't believe that you're here by accident and maybe you've never chosen, made a decision to follow Jesus in your life or maybe you once made that decision but you've not been following him or walking with him. This is a moment for you to come to him for the first time and to surrender your life to him or to come back to him. I know that some of you think you've got to turn your life around before you can completely commit it to God. But you don't have to impress God with your life before he'll show his grace to you. What makes you think that you have to do things to get God to like you, much less to love you? You know, some people think you have to be perfect before God will perfectly love you. I want you to know today that God's love and acceptance isn't based on your performance. He loves you unconditionally. And if you can receive that, he welcomes you today. I believe there are people who are watching right now and you need this, that God is speaking to you. As I've said already, it's no accident that you've been listening to this message and that you're listening to my voice right now. And today, if that's you and you're saying, Paul, I want to make that decision today to follow Jesus, then I'm going to give you an opportunity in a few moments. Or if you're saying, I once walked with God, but I've, I've been away and I've been drifting, you know that right now is the moment for you to come back. And you also know that this is not about religion. This is about a relationship. God loves you and he wants a relationship with you. So I'm going to pray for you. Whether you're making that decision for the first time or whether today is a recommitment of your life to following Jesus, I'm going to pray for you. And I want you to say to me, Paul, include me. And here's how you can do this. There's a button. If you're watching church online, it just says, raise your hand. I'd love you to click that button and you can start to do that right now. If you're on YouTube, why don't you be brave and put a hand emoji in the comments if you're able to do that. Be brave and take that step. Whether you're saying for the first time, I'm taking a step to follow Jesus or I'm coming back today, press that button or put that hand in YouTube because I'm going to pray. So I'm going to wait for five seconds and then I'm going to pray. And even as I pray, there's still time. So I wonder, would you press that button right now? You're saying, I want to follow Jesus. 
I want to recommit my life to Jesus. Would you press that button? Would you put up that hand emoji right now? I'm going to pray. Five, four, three, two, one. There's still time as I pray to press that button and to put that hand. Lord, I pray for every person who's making a decision to follow you today. I thank you for them. I thank you you're right there with them. As I pray, your presence is in there, the place where they are. And so I pray for them today that as they respond to you, that they will sense you drawing near to them. This is not about religion, it's about relationship. I thank you, God, that you're coming into their lives right now. And I pray for your blessing and I pray for your favor upon them. I thank you that they've taken this step. And I ask you to move by your presence and power in their lives so that they will grow in their knowledge of you. We thank you for it today, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Thank you for taking the time to watch today. If you did press that button, please be in touch. Follow up the contents. We're going to go back to some worship right now. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Icon Church. If you'd like any more information about Icon Church, log on to our website at www.icon.church. Have the best week.